0: I don't want to be a martyr, nor I. I want to live. That is good, for believing what you do, we confer upon you a rare gift these days, a martyr's death. The cross commands you, the blood of the martyrs commands you. I wrote them down in my diary so that I wouldn't have to remember all right, you people who enjoy the suffering of the saints of old—I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You know, I'm picking. We are heading back to England, and don't roll your eyes at me. You got a break. <laughs> no, this is—I um, try to get away from some of the uh, some of the English stories, but the problem is, we just have so much information from England during this time period because of the weird religious situation that was that was unfolding in England. So, it just kind of falls into the category of it is what it is, that we got so much of it. On the other hand, as you'll hear the door slamming in a second, click, there we go. On the other hand, this one's just too good not to share. So, we will probably get back to this group later on. There is a group from England known as the Ipswich Martyrs. And, you know, considering that I'm not English... I'm probably not pronouncing even Ipswich correctly, it's probably like Ipswich or something like that, you know, like, you know, like the old, like that stuff you put in your food, you know, the wash your sister sauce, stuff like that, so, it's probably some weird pronunciation that I'm getting wrong, but, this is an area in the region of Suffolk, and I don't care if I'm saying that one right or wrong or not, I'm just gonna go with it, and these are nine members of this area who were burned at the stake, now, The first was a gentleman by the name of Thomas Bilney. He was a licensed preacher who... Keep in mind, this is 1520s when Bilney is executed. So in order to be licensed to preach in the area, you would have been receiving your license from a Catholic bishop. This is still a Catholic country in 1520. Remember, it will be until the 1530s. So he passed some sort of examination, you know, gave a trial sermon or something, that or he had enough money. Because remember, that was one of the problems of the Catholic Church in the Middle Ages is you could pretty much do whatever you want as long as you paid enough. So, Bilney receives a license and begins preaching. The problem with that is, turns out he's basically a Lutheran. He denounces the veneration of idols and images, which, by the way, this is a thing that is going to be important in the Reformation. Even in Catholic theology today, it is appropriate to pay idols, homage. That would be a closest description I can give you. You worship God. You venerate idols and images. So you pay homage to them as a way of paying worship to God, if that makes any sense. Uh, Bill Need denounced this, and if you're like me and that doesn't make any sense, then you're on the side of Bilney here. He also denounced pilgrimages, and he also denounced saintly mediation. This is another good one. In the Catholic system, if you are too scared to pray to God, Too scared to pray to Christ, or too scared or concerned that your prayers will not even be heard by Mary, and yes, that's a thing in Catholic theology, then you can pray to the departed saints of of old, and they will carry your concerns before Christ. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting little system there. Now, Bilney is arrested literally while preaching. They arrest him from a pulpit, drag him out, try him. He apostatizes because he recants his testimony. He agrees not to preach anything concerning Lutheran doctrines and then is locked up for about a year. Gets out realizes this was a terrible mistake regains his license to preach and the problem is none of the churches will have him because he recanted his teaching that they actually approved of there was a large separatist groundswell in england at this time and a very anti-catholic groundswell as well so eventually he starts preaching open air gets himself arrested and burned at the stake now Of the other eight Ipswich Martyrs, seven of them are what we call Marian Martyrs, meaning they are martyred during the reign of Bloody Mary, which this came up in conversation the other day because I talk to weird people. Um, If you ever get confused on your English history, Mary Queen of Scots and Bloody Mary are two different people. Same theology. Same problem with the Protestant church, but two different people. One is apparently an alcoholic and the other one is Scottish. So there you go. If you need to keep them separated, maybe the Scots, maybe the Scotland one is an alcoholic as well, but that's a different thing. Now, We'll try to get to the Marian Martyrs down the line, but we got to make our way through some more Reformation history first. Interestingly, though, there is actually a monument built to the Ipswich Martyrs. It was erected, I believe, in 1903 after a series of newspaper articles published in the late 1890s, early 1900s, wherein they were the stories of these martyrs were told so that people would know about them, and then they were honored with a memorial, one of the inscriptions on the memorial. This monument is erected to the memory of nine Ipswich martyrs who, for their constancy to the Protestant faith, suffered death by burning. How's that for a lovely history? Now, I mentioned there were nine martyrs. We told you about Bilney. We told you seven of them are Marian martyrs. What about the other non-Marian martyr? His name is Nicholas Peak, And I'm going to go with Peak. It's P-E-K-E. I doubt it's or Peake or Peaky or anything like that. But again, then again, it's British, so there's no telling. Now, what was good old Nicky's problem? Well, Nicky had some issues with Catholic theology. He denied transubstantiation. That's going to be a rather big deal. If you're wondering why the view of communion is such a big deal. Well, realize you're more than likely a Protestant with what we call a memorial view of communion. This would be the view adopted by Zwingli, that the communion meal hearkens back to the sacrifice of Christ and reminds you looking forward of the future fulfillments of Christ in his kingdom. It is bread, it is wine, or it's welches, grape juice, whatever it is you serve— and that's all it is. It's a memorial meal. Now, if you're Lutheran and maybe a Presbyterian, you, put, you would probably hold to a consubstantiation view, meaning that you believe that there is a real presence of Christ in the meal itself, that the wafer and the fluid are not the actual body and blood of christ but that his presence his body and blood are present in some shape form or fashion i believe luther described it as on with and under the wafer as opposed to being the wafer well catholic transubstation transubstation a transubstantiation thought is that while it tastes like bread and while it tastes like wine it is actually the body and blood of christ now why is that important because in the Mass, what you are celebrating is what they call an unbloody sacrifice. Christ is being re-sacrificed by the priest, and that sacrifice is being re-offered to to the partaker of the meal every single time the Mass is done. And that was Catholic belief then. It is Catholic belief now. The reason why the Protestants denied this doctrine and were willing to die for the denying of this doctrine is because to believe in transubstantiation is to believe in the calling down of Christ to do his sacrificial work again. In other words, there is no once-for-all completed work. There is no it is finished. It is a continual work that is being offered in real time around the world each and every day. This strikes at the heart of the completed gospel. This removes grace by faith and creates a sacrificial system, a la the Old Testament system of old. <clears throat> now, good old Peak had another problem. He also denied papal authority. Now you're saying, what's the big deal? I don't believe in a pope either. I know that. But it wasn't just papal authority over the church, it was papal authority over the conscience. Whenever the pope speaks ex cathedra, that is, from the chair, he is speaking infallibly because one of the titles that he holds is vicar of Christ. He is the priest of Christ, the substitute for Christ on the earth. To deny papal authority is to say, no, you have no right to tell me what to believe and how to think upon Christ. That's a problem. So they arrest Nicholas Peake, they bring him to burn him, and they officiate this burning. This is a big deal. Three different priests who hold doctoral degrees, a Dr. Redding, a Dr. Hearn, and a Dr. Spragwell, are overseeing the burning of Nicholas Peake. And this is not a fun group, by the way, or maybe they are a fun group. Depends on your sense of humor here. They mock Nicholas during the burning to the point that as the flames died down—you this you want to talk about interesting—the flames had died down, and according to the testimony of the crowd, Nicholas's body is black as of tar. So he has been scorched and soot-ridden and burned, and one of the priests taps him with a white wand, probably a a election lecture note, like what, you, like what you'd lead a, a choir or a, um, an orchestra with he is tapped upon the shoulder and ordered to recant and believe the sacrament mainly i think because they thought he was dead they were they were teasing the body here it is at this point that peak actually replies i despise it talking about the sacrament of the uh, the mass i despise it and you also now that was shocking enough Peek then, despite the fact that he's chained, lunges at the priest. And when the priest jumps back, Peek spits blood upon him in a curse. I guess <laughs> I had no idea. They is he, uh, realizing that now Nicholas Peak is still alive. One of the priests offers him a chance to recant again and to reject his doctrine, to which Peak replies that he praises Christ for counting him worthy to suffer. And at some point in all of this, Nicholas Peake dies. You want to talk about a dude that is just like, I am clinging to the truth until the bitter end? There you go. That's why the other inscription on the Ipswich Memorial is this. O may thy soldiers, faithful, true, and bold, fight as the saints who nobly fought of old, and win with them the victor's crown of gold. Alleluia. Amen. I agree. Nicholas Peak dies for his belief because what his belief is anchored in is the sufficiency in completed work of Christ. No death will take that. No threat will undo that. In Christian, this is the faith that we carry forward in this world, and this is the reality of what we have, is that God prepares his people, and God strengthens them for the world in which they are to encounter, and he walks with them through his Spirit, through all of the tribulations, and in the end, because it is his completed salvation, he ushers them into glory. Remember that always, Christian, no matter what you may face. And until we meet again, read your Bible. It'll do you good.